You're listening to The Fair Sex, a podcast where we obsess over our latest romance reads. I'm Jessica. And I'm Kenna. In this episode, we're discussing chapters 1 through 13 of Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. This will be part one of a six-part discussion on this book. And we're covering the entire book, so this will include spoilers. Consider yourself warned. And just as a reminder, at the end of Fourth Wing, our heroine, Violet Sorengel had barely survived a poison dagger and the revelation that her brother, who she thought was dead for the last six years, is actually alive. <sighs> okay. First of all, all right. <laughs> first things first, we, we must address the elephant in the room, which is the pronunciations in this book and fourth wing. Yes. Jessica. This is a- Official. This is the official pronunciations. No, just kidding. We're we're gonna be trying our best here on Scottish Gaelic, and that's Gaelic, not Gaelic. There is a difference, mm-hmm, um, according to the one TikToker who we've we've sourced for information. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I had. There's another one that's that's um confirming this. Oh, good. Okay, the two TikTokers. It is Gaelic, and it's Scot Scottish Gaelic is what most of the names. Or not most, but just a lot of the names um, of the places and the dragons um, throughout the series. And the first one is, and I'm listening to the audiobook, and the way that the narrator pronounces it is Basgaith. I don't know how you were pronouncing it in your head when you were reading it. Basgaith. Okay. This is actually pronounced Beskia, and the T-H at the end is silent. So we'll be saying Beskia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't be alarmed. The other big one is um, Violet's Dragon. I've been calling him Tern. He's been autocorrecting to Taint. And, <laughs> and the <train>. actual <laughs> And Train. <laughs> uh, but the Gallic pronunciation of this one is Tharn? Or, you know, we're going to give it a hard T. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Tarn. It's a little easier for my mouth to make that sound, yeah. so Tarn. Tarn. Okay. There are a few others. Um, I know one interesting one was Mira's Dragon. In the audiobook, uh, the narrator pronounces it tiny, um, but the actual pronunciation is Chania. I think that's how Chania. you say it. Chania, which is definitely not tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then Sawyer's dragon, um, thankfully, also begins with an S. And it looks like Slissig, but it is, you know, and the Gallic pronunciation of it is something like Slishik. Okay. Oh, yes. I skipped that one. <laughs> you did. I, I thought you left that one just for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Fierge, Fierge, that's how it's been pronounced in the audiobook. Uh, for Rian- for Rhiannon's dragon, but this is actually pronounced Fetike. Fetike? I think that's right. Fetike. Yeah, that sounds, you know, right to my ears, for whatever that's worth. Okay, <laughs> and then Riddick's dragon. This is the last one. Riddick's dragon looks like Astrum. <laughs> uh, actually pronounced. <laughs> uh, Ertrum? Yeah, that was it. So... Okay, perfect. We're gonna we're just gonna try to 
say those in the most Gallic way that we possibly can. But, you know, bear yes. with us. please forgive us. Please. Um, and uh, then we have one really important correction to make from the last recording, which is that Violet's mother did indeed have a signet in the first <laughs> book. It was fully addressed. She controls the weather. We knew that. Um, and uh, we just forgot. <laughs> so apologies there. <laughs> okay. Now that that is, um, we're done with that, all the corrections, what Mm -hmm. were your overall feelings of this book? Okay, so in the very beginning, I was excited by the the plot pace. I even told you, like, chapter three or something, I was like, let's go. I'm ready for this one. This one's even more exciting than the first one. Mm -hmm. Until we got to the whole, like, constant miscommunication part between Violet and Zayden. It started to drag... A little bit for me, just a little bit. I wasn't quite as eager to pick up the book. Okay. (laughs) I I was still enjoying it. But at the end, by the time I got to the cave scene, I was in. I was totally sucked in. And which cave scene? The cave scene where they uh, are tracking the runes. They meet uh, Solus, the dragon. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. It, yeah, that it was really it did the get action. interesting there. Mm-hmm. Yes, things started to pick up. So, what, what were your overall feelings? So, overall feelings, um, I was I was beginning to feel like it's overhyped a little bit. I was getting afraid um, mm. that it was like getting too much attention, and I was like, I don't know, I'm going to be let down a little bit. And actually, I was honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed <laughs> in this. There was a lot of. Um, action i will say and perhaps if they do end up actually making this into a tv show mm-hmm. it will be fun to watch probably um but this was not the best book i've ever read um yeah it didn't remind me why i love reading yeah so i mean i it was it was the mm, the plot was i will say mildly interesting like it was interesting it kept me attentive at the end um, but there were definitely, I agree with you, like some parts where it was like a little cringy. Yes, a little bit slow. The pacing mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't there for me. Okay, listen, I love an honest review. It's okay. Yeah. I also, I'm chalking this up partly to the fact that you listened to this book on audiobook. That could honestly have a lot to do with it. Perhaps if I had actually read this one. But see, I when I finished fourth wing originally i also listened to that one um on on audiobook i immediately went and pre-ordered this so i had already purchased it okay back in the summer and so i didn't get really a choice i just didn't want to spend any more money (laughs) (laughs) on it so i was like well i already bought it Yes, you have so many credits stockpiled in your damn Audible account. I know. I got another one today, so I'm up to nine again. So I got to burn through some sitting on your treasure trove of Audible credits. (laughs) Ridiculous. Um, So yeah, I didn't want to spend any money on the book, and I do have a Kindle. I could have spent half of it, but whatever. So I just, I just listened to it, Um, and it's honestly easier easier. sometimes. Mm Because I can listen to it on my way to work and whatever, and I can't read a book while driving. Um, it's not Absolutely. No, please don't. So. It is what it is. That's okay. And we're still going to review the spicy segment, even though this book was, let's just say it, exactly the same level as the first book, which makes sense. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Right? It didn't get any it wasn't, spicier. 
by any means. No. Okay. So this is, you know, where we, we say how many peppers we would give this book. So zero being kind of like they held hands and five peppers being like many people having sex together situation um, mm-hmm. at, at one time. Okay. So zero peppers is kissing. No sex scenes. Period. One pepper, one basic sex scene in the whole book, or it's, if there's more than one, it's very euphemism heavy. Two peppers. So things like oh, my core is molten. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Okay. Two peppers is a minimum of two sex scenes, but still euphemism heavy. Three pepper is like three plus sex scenes. They're talking dirty. There's like oral descriptions of all that. Okay. And then four peppers is three plus sex scenes. We have a little BDSM. We have a threesome. And then five peppers is like wild. Um, a bunch of sex scenes, reverse harem, a lot of people having sex, maybe anal. Uh, this is this is a buck wild. Is there even a plot right in a five pepper book? Yes. Um, is I have yet to read a five pepper. I'll just say that. You know, I have as also yet to read a five pepper. So maybe we'll put that on our bucket list. Um, maybe we will. <laughs> so this last time I gave Fourth Wing a spy, a, a pepper rating of two peppers. I think. Yeah, I think I gave them like kind of spicy peppers, you know, like, but it's we're gonna it's a two pepper book, okay? That's fine. We accept it for yeah, what it it's, is. It's two. It's two peppers. It's romantic too. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. I appreciate. I don't mind, but um, yeah. not the spiciest, and that's okay. Okay, so Jessica, I would like to hear your one sentence synopsis of of this book. Okay, I will admit it's not a full sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give us your phrase. (laughs) um, But it is, like, I just kind of just had The Witcher, and now you haven't read or watched the series. I haven't read The Witcher, but I have watched the series on Netflix. I thought it was based on a video game. Oh, my God, yes. Wait. Yeah. There's a video game, but there is books. Okay, okay. Um, So, The Witcher meets Harry Potter. That's that's oh, okay. that was the vibes I was getting, and specifically in, specifically in The Witcher, there's a lot of like learning how to use your power for the witches in this yes in that series, and so it reminded me a lot about that. So that you know was what the... I did actually see the first episode, and that checks out for me. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna throw out there that this book reminded me so much of Aragon. Like the Aragon with an E, the, you know, Christopher yeah. Paolini dragon mm-hmm. books that I read growing up so much, especially with the whole like one of the main principles of magic in that book is that you have to it's it's like magic cannot be created nor destroyed. You have to pull okay. yeah, magic right. from things. So he will like kill a field of grass in order to like perform one trick of magic. There's a, yes. there's like an element of balance in Aragon, and there's a similar element in this book. So very similar. Um, mm-hmm. It has been so long since I've read that. I hardly remember. Oh, you it, read but that? Yeah, yeah. We've never talked about this. Oh my god, we've gosh. never talked about it. Um, and I and I wanted to start reading this with uh, my son because he, oh, yeah. he when we were listening to the fourth wing on audiobook i would sometimes let it play on our way to school careful to not play any of the sex scenes um 
but he was hooked like he was like man i thought audiobooks were boring like let me know when the next book comes out and so it's been kind of fun actually talking to him about it i've been like catching him up because of course you know steven's not gonna read any of this so (laughs) he's the only person (laughs) i can talk to um Mm -hmm. because of course you know he loves Harry Potter, all of that stuff. Yes. Um, loves, he used to draw dragons all the time. So he, this is like right up his alley, except he's almost 14. So, wow, get into it. Aragon would be so fun for him to read. Yeah. So Let's I really it. wanted to like start reading that with him and do like a little, it's not too late. our personal book club at the house. That's wow. kind of lame, but whatever. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, yeah. That's cute. Major I love it. Aragon vibes. Mm-hmm, for sure. Mm hmm. Except way more romance, thank God. Okay, yeah, so just we more. have some... <laughs> way more, in my opinion. Okay, we have some busted predictions that we really need to address. Um, <laughs> oh my God. And these pretty much happened in the ne- like the first four chapters. <laughs> everything. Okay, not quite everything. So my one of my predictions was the mother reveal. I thought that she was going... Mother Sorengale, Lilith Sorengale, was going to end up being kind of like Snape in Harry Potter, where mm. we, we hate her up until the very end. She, in some way, redeems herself in some big way. And we got that. Did yeah, she did. Yeah, okay. I would say you were more correct than me. I basically had no faith in her. And I said... What did I say? Um, that her mom killed her dad because he knew too much. <laughs> <laughs> and she sent Violet to the writer's quadrant so she wouldn't find out about what her dad knew. But I'm I'm wondering if that might be true. If she um, maybe tried to hide what her dad knew from her somehow. I don't know. Oh, that could be cool. I would love that. And actually what you just said makes me think of Zayden's parents, who we haven't gotten to know whatsoever. But uh, anyway, I yeah. think we're going to get some kind of reveal there. Yes, but, um, that's part of some of my predictions for this book. So I can't okay. wait to talk about we'll it. We'll get to it. Um, we'll get to it in three hours. Just kidding. Okay, yeah. so I also <laughs> predicted <laughs> that Aunt Darna was going to get captured in this book. I was totally wrong about that. Oh, okay. My prediction that um, was Aunt Darna was going to turn white. Mm-hmm. And that was a major bust. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> but I, I held you. out. I held out to the very, very end. Um not accepting her yeah. colors. I mean, you were I was you were not, not wrong. You were I not was wrong. not entirely wrong. I knew she wasn't black, but I thought she'd be white. Because again, like that whole thing with Aragon, it's like everything's in balance. That's how I was mm-hmm. kind of formulating that. It turned or turns black, so it would make sense um for Andarna, at least to me, to be white, but yes. You know. I loved it, but also okay. So, this is a big one. I had very meekly presented, like, maybe Zayden is a mind reader. Granted, I totally <laughs> stole that idea from somebody on Reddit. Um, and you completely changed my mind. You were like, no, it's General Soren Gale. She's the mind reader. There's reasons why. And I was like, you're right. You're fucking right. I'm wrong. <laughs> I changed my guess. And boy, yeah. did I regret that. Yeah. Little did I know, she already had a fucking signet. <laughs> yes. Our <laughs> dumbasses. Told to us. Yeah. Um, I know. I was like so convinced. I even went back and like, and even though it's it's plain as day now, like it is. And even it really then, is. like I was like, it could be construed that way. Like I can see how someone would think that. But I was like, no, no, no. It's just he already explained it. Why would he lie? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh. It's too he, obvious. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was a major bust. You should have pressed on. Oh my god. I should have. I should have. I stand by the scene when they were having sex. She thinks something in her head that's not yes. in italics. He responds to it. She says, "I didn't know I, I didn't said, that I said that out loud." Yeah. <laughs> could it have been more obvious? Okay, whatever. It really couldn't have. That was the one time I was like, <sighs> well, maybe I can see how you can think that. But no, it was dragon shit. <laughs> you were cool, right on unquote. that one. Or whoever it was on Reddit. Yeah, mystery person, <laughs> expert donut, or whatever the fuck. <sighs> okay, so now that we've gone through all of our busted predictions, mm-hmm. let's uh, dive into this book. Um, where do we begin in Iron Flame? All right, let me tell you. So we begin. Violet, she wakes up. She's in Eratia, the secret city. She gets to see her brother, who she thought was dead. And then this leadership of Eratia, of which Zayden is kind of a part, all decide that Violet and the rest of the cadets who came with her need to go back to Basquiat to finish up their training as dragon riders. <laughs> Um, and I so will then, just say oh, yeah. here, Please. sorry to interrupt you. Okay. I think I remember talking about this last time where I was thinking they may do a school at Eratia. You so did I say was that. convinced that they were not going to go back. Okay. This mm-hmm. was immediately busted in the first chapter. Immediately. Yeah. She's back They're at school in back. chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh it was like God. she's back at Basquiat and then mm-hmm. Andarna has black scales. I was like, well, fuck. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> right. Andarna used to be gold and now she's black. Yeah. Ish. Although it said ish. And this is where my was holding out because I said she was going to be white. It said it was like with a purplish undertone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, nah, she's not really black. I know that. So you weren't fooling me with the black. Um, you fooled me. I, I was I was holding on to the white, and then I'm again it comes up um, a couple more times in the book too. The where she's like, oh, she looks a little red, or she's reflecting off of this, she's whatever. So I yes, I'm seeing a hint kept, of green. Mm-hmm, yeah, I kept going back to okay, maybe she's just like going through this like phase of like color sampling of all the colors, and then she's just going to turn white. I'm so glad you picked up on that. Didn't occur to me. I, I remember reading those bits. Did still, I also had no concept that there were like only six dragon breeds. I had completely forgotten oh, that information. So I did it wasn't, too. Did, it really <laughs> didn't click. Okay. Oh, goodness. Uh, <sighs> All right. So they get back to Basquiat. And the main issue there is dane when they left last time they were there dane had stolen her memories and so um now zayden's got to help violet uh strengthen up her mental shields so that when she runs into dane and whoever else um they can't peek inside her mind and see the secret city of erasia and all of like the smuggling that they're doing with the rune sword swords (laughs) oh god (laughs) Uh, the rune daggers and swords and weapons and all that that are like embedded with that fancy rune shit. Um, so she's ha- she's getting like mind lessons, mental shield lessons mm-hmm. um, from Zayden. Okay, so when they when they show up, it's the middle of formation slash graduation for the third years, and um, everyone assumed they were dead. 
And I think some people probably hoped they were dead, uh, but surprised they're not. And they kind of like lie out of their asses to like General Sorengale, the leadership there, whatever, um, so that they can get back to class, essentially. Well, Violet, Zayden's graduated. He's an officer now, so he doesn't have class. Yeah. Interestingly to note here, too, um, I I was convinced that um, Violet's mom knew about this, but it didn't appear that she knew because she was actually shocked to mm-hmm. see Violet. I think she was coming to terms with her being dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was that kind of was the first clue that maybe uh, she didn't <laughs> kill her dad to me. So, again, another <laughs> of my prediction <laughs> busted in the first five minutes um so that was nice i guess pleasant to see that her mom actually didn't you know try to kill her Um, yeah she might give a shit about her daughter after all yeah (laughs) oh goodness okay so violet and zayden rush to liam's old room liam died in the at the end of the last book um and they salvaged it was it was really i cried um, they salvaged some letters that he had written to his little sister Sloane, um, but had never sent to her because that's not allowed. Um, and uh, they do that because the custom is to burn a dead person's belongings. So they salvaged those letters, which is really sweet. And Sloane is uh, coming up into a first year dragon rider. So she's going to be coming into the school this year. So they're trying to get those letters to send to send to her, I guess, or to keep for her. Yes. So Zayden and Violet have this sort of intimate moment in the rotunda. This is their first intimate moment in the book. He tells her that he actually still has to keep some secrets from her and probably always will. And she's like in no way okay with this. And she gives him an ultimatum. Either they have full disclosure or she falls out of love because that's something that someone can do. Apparently. Um, Yeah. And he knows he's like, bullshit. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that he is so cocky. Okay, I have a huge issue with this. This is the classic miscommunication trope. And this is where, to me, it's really obvious that the author doesn't know how to write a romance novel. Because this is bullshit. This is not good. I hated every single bit of this. And I rolled my eyes. Yes. It feels easy. Like you just grabbed it the first thing you could, you could, yes, to in order to prolong the, you know, or build up some tension. tension. Yeah. Which, of course, like you already have a lot of tension anyway because they're both not going to see each other. So, right. I don't, know. Yes. I don't know why she chose this. And it was so dumb. I didn't really understand it. It was like, <laughs> This whole thing pissed me off so much. It was hard to Um, follow. Logically, their arguments didn't make any sense to me. No. Oh, my God. It also was super manipulative because I thought anyway, because he was like, "Um, I want, you know, you to say you love me, but I'm not going to have sex with you until you say you love me. Like, what the fuck? Yes. I think she even felt bothered by that because she eventually he like is like, fuck it, I'm just going to make out with you and try to have sex with you anyway because I want you so badly. And she's like, thank you. That's <laughs> yes. what I wanted. <laughs> Why are you holding back? Like, that's not necessary. And it, yeah, I, you know, I agree. Like, we can, we will continue to talk about this because yes. it just, 
never gets any clearer as to mm-hmm. why they're butting heads when they're kind of on the same page. I know. I don't know. I mean, there's okay. There's a little bit that makes sense to me. Like she's hesitant to give her heart to him again because she doesn't. If you give your heart to somebody, then that gives them the power to hurt you, right? Well, true. Yes. Okay. So there's a that. little bit and of he that. Did. She, she doesn't trust him. Yeah, he did betray her. <laughs> Essentially, in the last kind book, like keep keeping all this secret. Um, you know, it was definitely an eye opener. But you know, he, in all fairness, he did say, you know, you can't. I would wouldn't fall in love with me if I were you. Yeah, um, I and really she don't was fault like, him. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, "Fine." She knew that he was lying to her, and said, "That's okay. I'm gonna fuck you anyway." Yeah, and honestly, like if you really love someone. Um, I'm, I would probably want to hear them out be like, why is this person who I love on yes. the wrong side of this, uh, argument that I, I completely perceive? Agree. I don't understand that. You know, yes. like, what am I missing? It's, it is also very strange to me that she's like, in order for us to enter into this relationship as if it's a contract, you <laughs> must agree. There's, there has to be a clause in our contract that says, I shall always tell Violet the entire truth, whether she asks a specific question or not. Like, it's such yeah. an odd way to enter a relationship. Usually you would just be getting to know somebody. And like my tactic would just be to accept his secrecy for what it is yeah. and just hope that over time he opens up to me more. Yeah. What else is she going to do? It's not like she's got, she's exploring other options of yeah. other men, you know? Also, she's, he's a, a fucking lieutenant now. Like literally <laughs> in the real world. Okay. Let's just pretend we live in Basquiat. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the real world. He has like clearance. He's got a really fucking powerful signet. Mm-hmm. She cannot know everything as a cadet. Yes. So also, there's going to have to be yeah. things that are a secret between them. I don't yes. really see why it's such a big deal. Like Secrets keep things interesting. I, yeah. I mean, I get being honest. I do understand that. But of course, you have to have some context here. Yes. Anyway, we're, we're getting on a tangent on this. I know. We really are. We really are. Okay. So this is the setup for the whole romantic conflict of this book. Violet Pretty doesn't much. trust Aiden. They're, you know, she's keeping her distance from him until he gives her the whole truth or until she caves. Yeah. So, um, you know, which do you and, think happens first? Yeah. Well, they both cave. <laughs> <laughs> so that. Um, so they're having this r- stupid conflict. Also, um, they can only see each other every weekend. And there's like some weird like contract that they get approved where Zayden can leave his uh, outpost every other Saturday and come to Basquiat. And then uh, Violet can leave class every other Saturday. So it just works out that they see each other every Saturday. And this is mostly because under the guise of that their dragons are made in and they can't be apart from one another for more than a few days. And really a week is pushing it according mm-hmm. to most of the dialogue in the book. That's basically what I get from it is that it's, it's really not ideal, but they're kind of working with it. Right. And Sigail and Tarn are just putting up with it basically. Yeah. So that, so that Zayden and Violet don't get punished on their behalfs mm-hmm. because ultimately dragons do what they want. Yeah. Okay, and then also during this back and forth, them going to visit each other every week, um, they're sm- smuggling daggers. I think 
right? Aren't they doing yeah. that this time? Okay. Yeah. So Violet's basically, they have daggers. to. Uh huh. Yeah. They they smuggle the daggers out of Basquiat onto Tarn, which miraculously he never gets checked. But right. she has to dump her shit on the ground every time she goes out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they're Lucky. suspicious of her. Yeah, it's <laughs> convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it's first years for Sloane, who is Liam's sister. Also, um, Arik, who is un- in disguise. Um, mm-hmm. He is the king's third son, and he turns out to be really useful to them. And Violet recognizes him because her mom's the general, and of course he's the king's son. So they they were together in childhood, but so she's got to keep his secret. Um, Sloane hates Violet because Violet had was kind of the reason that Liam uh, died. So that's kind of understandable. Sure, um, I guess. Let's see what's happening so next. Let's. Next scene, Zayden and Violet, they're leaving this fun graduation party. They run into uh, Daddy Eidos, Dane's dad, <laughs> and Varish, the commandant, I believe is Commandant. His title. Commandant. Oh, uh-huh. oh pardon me. in charge. May. <laughs> HBIC. Mm-hmm. And they're both assholes. They both want Violet and Zayden dead. And, and- they... A what? I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that Dane's dad is the one that set them up in, in, at the end of the last book. Oh, absolutely. Killed. Yes, yes. Dane's dad actually tried to get them killed, like, really hard by using mm-hmm. his son's, you know, information that he gleaned from reading Violet's mind. So, that's really fucked up. It is. And we hate them immediately. And well, actually, I think they're... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go You finish. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this is when they get the, like, the missive or whatever it's called, like, the instructions that they're allowed to visit each other only every weekend, which is mm. just, like, oh, classic yeah. for them to administer that, those instructions. This is an interesting um, conflict as well because they both have secrets. So, like, Zayden and Violet have secrets because they are smuggling the daggers out and they have that secret kingdom erasure. And also, they know about the wyvern and the venom, which nobody wants um, Navarre, like the kingdom of, kingdom of Navarre, to know about the wyvern and venom. So that is Varish's um, secret, and of course, Dane's dad. So they don't want anybody to know about the wyvern and venom. So they each have a secret that they're keeping from each other. But it was just yeah. kind of funny to me. <laughs> it was. I love a power play between like people's dads like these kind of older men and then like the 20 year olds yeah i love that uh yeah that's it's always funny to me um okay so in this scene zayden and violet have another like moment of sexual tension um you know they're like grabbing the nape of each other's necks and like you know hovering mouths over mouths but they do not kiss and it's important that they don't (laughs) for violet (laughs) for some reason (laughs) Yeah, she's holding out on him. She's He's, holding out. He's yeah. holding out. Why? Nobody knows. <gasps> oh, okay, gosh. and then Rhiannon kind of, or Rhiannon, whatever, she rushes up and is like, I'm choosing the squad leader. And and also, Dane's a weanling. 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 He's a wing leader. Uh, all right. So then, yeah. jump, cut to first year evaluations. We got sparring on the mat. 
and when out from to, to everyone's surprise, there's immediately an assassination attempt on Violet. This <laughs> guy just like runs up and kills this other girl who just jokingly was like, I'm Violet, dead. <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> it was shocking. <laughs> but yeah. also, I'm like so used to people dying in this book uh-huh. that it was like, whatever. Yeah. This is also okay. this particular part where Violet has that assassination attempt on her. Um, Sloan like just previously wanted to challenge her because she hates Violet, and basically everyone was like, "No, Violet's going to kill you." So um, that's not happening. And it is revealed yes. that Sloan is actually a terrible fighter. Yeah. Oh, so now her. Violet has to like try and train her, but Sloan hates her. So it's kind of like another Imogen and Violet. Uh, dynamic oh my god it is i didn't even think of that that's cute so okay so then (laughs) that was fun that was that was very exciting and of course like as soon as she gets all beat up oh okay so well the assassin kills somebody random violet kills the assassin which is a big deal because she doesn't kill many people and as soon as she does that she gets back to her room and zayton's there and I think he's only there for like a minute. They barely get to see each other. And he's like, I got to go back. Sorry. But he leaves her with a letter, which was so sweet. But also was in, I was furious because we didn't get to read it. I know. That was such a letdown. I was like, oh, I'm so ready to like read some nice, sweet love letters. No. Yes. No, nope. we didn't get that at all. Didn't get Another it. disappointment. We, got, mm-hmm. we just got little snippets of it as the chapter headings. Occasionally. Oh, yeah, that's right. Also, I found that interesting that it was called Recovered correspondence um oh which it scares the shit out of me like is this like a some sort of foreshadowing that they die or like they um is this like are and i think actually in the beginning of the book if this is this whole thing is translated by jacinia so yes is there going to be some sort of jump into the future like a hundred years or something i don't know that's what I keep picturing is that these people live normal lifespans. So, and also they're fighting in a war, so they might even die young. Yeah. So, and another question I had about the letters, or at least the thought, is like, in my mind, they're trying to keep them apart from one another. And they have this huge secret that they're trying to keep from pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, about the why, Wyvern and Venom. Yeah, about the Wyvern and Venom. Why are they writing letters? I'm oh, at all? Why like, would they... yeah, why would they do anything to accidentally say something or? Yeah, um, I mean, I think that, that would the be letter, fear. right, but it, the letter only contains information about Zayden's like personal life, like growing up, which I mean, maybe that's even more, you, you know, v- um, vital information. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I would definitely not be saying anything personal about myself if I knew that I was a target <laughs> yeah i guess but it's kind of cute stuff like you know he he talks about the place the turret that he used to sit up sit on and look out over the city when he was waiting for his dad to get home i think yeah that was mentioned so i don't know if it i don't he probably just wasn't nervous about that information getting out i guess i have another thought about the letter too i know we're both disappointed that we didn't get to read any of his letters but i thought this would have been a very good opportunity for us to find out more about uh zayden like his personality 
And I was really yes. hoping because he's like such supposed to be like this scary, you know, very powerful dragon rider. And I was really hoping to read some letters that were super sweet, sensitive, like professing love mm-hmm. to her. And we didn't I didn't get that at all. And so it was like. Um, I still don't know anything about Zayden. I'm through the whole book. I don't know anything about him. Still. Except that he loves Violet. <laughs> Except that he loves her, but he like doesn't want to like take his... advantage of her. But he manipulates her. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, right. It's a little muddled. His dominant personality trait is just the, him wanting her. Which yeah, is that's it. Not great. Yeah, I I did think he had a little bit more personality in this. I could just visualize him a little better. It was. Uh, still a lot of like controlled facial expressions but occasionally maybe more smiling more teasing moments like like when he was like walking backwards talking to her and like making fun of her at one point and she's like i would have brushed his hair out of his face (laughs) it felt like a real moment to me and i liked that but there's there's only so much of that i yeah the letter would have been a nice peek inside of his mind Oh, well, we won't get that. So I guess. Yeah. What else happens? Okay. So there is this scene that happens that, you know, happens on one of their back and forth trips. So Violet goes to visit Zayden at Samara, which is where he's stationed. And she gets into his room. It's empty. He's not there. So she's using her like senses to find him. Because she can always kind of feel his presence. She finds him boxing shirtless and it's fucking hot. And (laughs) (laughs) he like, you know, knocks his opponent out, you know, flat on the ground. Everybody clears out, goes back to whatever they were doing. And it's just them in this chamber. And he like can't resist. He makes out with her. And, uh, you know, I think he like lifts her up and holds her against a wall and is like, the way that she just, you know, Rebecca describes his like kissing is, is hot to me. I like it because it's very like he used his whole body when he was kissing and like, you know, mm, he, okay, he angled yeah. his mouth, uh, he was sweeping tongue, things like that. And like, yeah, you get some good visuals of where the hands are, like grabbing her ass and stuff like that. And yeah, I appreciated it. I honestly don't remember it. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so I'm really glad you can tell me about it because I, I can't remember. I definitely remember the part where she's like looking for him and she's sensing him. Um, it, but it just stops there. Remember, you blocked out. <laughs> didn't remember any kissing. <laughs> oh, dear. That's Mostly, fine. I guess because I've just read so many uh, romance novels, like if it is, I have to feel uncomfortable or like, not uncomfortable, but just right. it needs to really affect me for me to remember it. That's understandable. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of like, okay, well, they kissed. Cool. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm You're glad you enjoyed it, I am a sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, okay. But they only make out. They don't have sex, which is important. Of course not. Fucking tease. Tell me, oh my God, (laughs) tell me, tell me more. Tell me what happens next. Okay. So while they are going back and forth between um, every Saturday, they're having their stupid little arguments. Um, And Darna has entered the dreamless sleep 
at this point. And basically, the dreamless sleep is where juvenile dragons go and sleep and they grow into their adulthoodness or adolescent, I guess. Um, so because she's in the dreamless sleep, she's not able to make it to flight lessons. And of course, the new guy, Varish, uses this as an excuse to punish Violet for insubordination. And um, as part of a punishment, she or he forces her to wield lightning like over and over again until she almost burns out, which was so annoying. scary. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, scary and annoying. Yes. <laughs> it, <laughs> there were, it seemed like there were a lot of moments in this book where she is like physically pushed to her limit. Yeah. I mean, she's pushed to her limit every freaking day because she's fighting and like her joints yeah, pop out right. of place and shit. <laughs> You're right. Um, yes. It was absurd to me. I just thought, like, Violet, why are, don't let him kill you like this. Like, I know. What a fucking way to die using your own magic to you just fizzle up for absolutely nothing. And the whole reason he was punishing her was because, like, she couldn't, like, command her dragon, which is dumb in the first place. It's common knowledge that we, you know, riders do not command dragons. And I know. also... And I feel bad for Violet because she's having to protect the secret that Andarna was a feather tail. She was a baby. Yeah. So okay, I read about this on Reddit and this is, and I did have this thought, but it made it like not after I read it. Um, why, how are they going to fool everybody about this whole feather tail business? So everybody knows she's got two dragons. She's the only bitch in there that's got two dragons. <laughs> And the last time they saw Andarna, she was gold and she had a feather tail and they know nothing oh, about yeah. feather tails. <laughs> and so she's going to come out in her final form and they're going to be like, what happened to your golden dragon? And so then that's when yeah. the secret's going to be out. So like, why are we right. protecting She's just the prolonging. I don't know. She's prolonging the inevitable and it doesn't. You're right. Eventually, the secret's going to come out. So why die over it? Yeah. She's literally about to die, about to boil up inside. All mm -hmm. right. And I have to say this. This is literally my favorite part of the entire oh. book. Um, Say it. It's in chapter 19. And, okay. you know, Violet's been getting punished for not producing Andarna. Um, and eventually, Tarn says, all right, that's fucking enough. And th you would this love is this. the energy I need from Zayden for me to like <laughs> him. And he doesn't have it. This is why I think he's boring and he's mm. not really my type. Um, <laughs> Tarn's your type. Tarn is my fucking type. <laughs> Tarn is you. So it I mean, so it basically happens like this. And I will say as terrible as the audiobook was and the sounds of the narrator, whatever, I love the way that, that she did this scene and how it played out. Oh, okay. I don't necessarily love her voice for Tarn, but the way that it happened, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I was okay. like, hell yeah. So basically, you know, by the one time she was forced to um, wheel lightning over and over again because Andarna didn't come. And it was the next flight lesson. Andarna wasn't there. And Varish was like, um, all right, get your ass to the, the mountain. <laughs> We're going to go mm -hmm. again. And Tarn... In front of everyone, okay, mind you. Yes, yes. Says, no, 
they're not getting punished today. I'm handling this. And so he tells, I guess, all the dragons because Tarn can't speak to anybody else except for uh, Violet and I guess Satan. Yeah. Um, he basically walks over there, take, uh, takes a big old chunk out of Solus, which is Varish's dragon, and is like, you're not punishing her. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. And oh yeah, by the way, get on your fucking knees and apologize. <laughs> and it, yes, I was like, that's what we need. That's I I need that from Satan. Okay, you're right because that's ruthless, right yes. there. Which is the word they use to describe Satan over and over again. But when keep, have we seen it? Ooh, I haven't seen any ruthlessness. Not, much, not often. In fact, it's more of he's like. On the right side of the war, he's sympathizing with the right people. Where's the ruthlessness? I actually don't know. He says a few things out loud that sound like ruthless things to say, like, you know, this this school is going to make you hard. Get over it. Or uh, that oh, sounded yeah, he's sexual, just kind of... but <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just very like whatever. Like, get over the fu- get over yourself. Like, you need to figure this yes. out. He's very yeah, cold in yeah. that way. Sure. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. He's not doing what Tarn's doing. Right. Are not as ruthless as this right here, which, okay, I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I wouldn't have and that was a good moment. You're right. It was my favorite moment and I went and I listened to it more than once. Like, of all the parts in this book, I searched for that and I was like, this is my favorite part. You you didn't reread the spicy scenes. Nope. You just read... (laughs) We read this scene. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> because of the way, I'll, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, he really will burn the world for Violet. Yes. He will kill another dragon. Yes. Which is a big deal. That is a yeah. huge deal. And he should have. Yeah, he should have. turns out. <laughs> so that was great. But after that. And Beautiful. then Rhiannon is finally in, you know, she's been hiding everything from Rhiannon and Violet gets to, I mean, Rhiannon gets to witness that. And Rhiannon's like, what the fuck is yeah, going on? Why? Why the beef? That concludes part one of our discussion on Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaris. In the next episode, we'll pick up right where we left off with chapter 14. You should follow us on Instagram at the fairer sex podcast and on Twitter at the fairer underscore sex. Till next time. Until next time. Mm-hmm.